Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, where relationships expert Judy K. Herman and her guests share insights that can help you move through conflicts in your 9-to-5 jobs and your 24-7 lives. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. As we tune into this episode called Breaking Free from Secrecy and Shame, keep in mind we are talking about sensitive topics. This is not only for couples, but it is for professionals, colleagues, and clergy to get an insider look at issues we address. As a psychotherapist, speaker, and executive coach, I also support organizations and leaders. If you want to know more about how I can help your company with communication and relationships, just go to judyspeaker.com. Please take heed since we are talking about sensitive topics. In the meantime, I'd like to introduce you to a courageous couple willing to share how deeper issues have affected their marriage, relationships, and career in part one of this two-part series entitled Pornography, Addiction, and Marriage. Kirsten D. Samuel, professional writer, was at a loss for words when her husband, Dave Samuel, audio production specialist, confessed his addiction to pornography. The months ahead revealed the bottom was deeper still as she was diagnosed with clinical depression and PTSD. After 14 years, Kirsten now serves wives wounded by pornography. She lives each day with her recovered husband as they choose authenticity, love, faith, fun, and forgiveness. Kirsten and Dave openly speak about the millions addicted to porn and God's redeeming grace. Dave and Kirsten have been married 40 years with three grown children and 12 grandchildren. Let's tune in. We're going to be talking about, Kirsten, your book and your journey, both of your journeys, actually, a very courageous one. And Mm -hmm. your book is called Choosing a Way Out. And it's Author Academy Top 10 Finalists. Congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But you're you're an author and and a, a woman that I really resonate with. I feel like you're really a soul sister because a lot of what I wrote in my book, Beyond Messy Mm -hmm. Relationships, has has taken a tremendous amount of courage Mm -hmm. to write. And I know that you've it's taken a lot of courage for you to live. So why don't you share with folks your story? Sure. I'll I'll (laughs) go ahead and start. Um, I was sitting at my desk at work um, one day and uh, my boss came up to me and said, Hey, uh, can you come on down? I've got, we've got a meeting in HR. Can you come on down with me? And I was like, well, sure. What's that about? And, um, I got down there, uh, they basically had information and they said, here's what, uh, we have called from your computer usage. And we, you know, we, there's some things on here we're very concerned about. 
and we'd like mm-hmm. you to look at them and and tell us, you know, if if this is wrong or right. And um, I didn't even have to look at it. It was like, you know, it it was it was, yeah, it was stuff that was just not appropriate for work. And mm-hmm. below that, I knew, okay, I have struggled with pornography for years since I was exposed as a as a five year old mm-hmm. um, by a uh, a friend. And so I've struggled with it all my life. Now, it wasn't as big of an issue before the internet, but once the internet came along, then it was, it, it came full bore. Mm-hmm. And the whole process of, of trying to myself deal with it and then doing well mm-hmm. and then relapsing and then mm-hmm. falling into the shame cycle. Mm-hmm. And then I'm never going to do this again and, and working hard and doing pretty well. And then falling again, that circle uh, cycle over and over again. So I knew in my spirit, I said, okay, obviously this is not working. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not um, taking care of this myself. And so I just, I just said, I have struggled with this for years and, and this is what I'm dealing with. Wow. Let me, let me hold this for a moment because that moment for you, I can't Mm -hmm. share with us what you actually felt when, when, I mean, this is because this is not just like getting caught at home. This is getting caught at work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, it was devastating for me. And I guess my thought process at the time was I've tried to take care of this myself. I have not been able to do that. I need some help. I need to own this Mm -hmm. and I need to not try to, um, dodge my way out of it, Mm -hmm. but just to say, you know, this, this is right. Yes, this is, this is what has happened. And, and so the consequences for that were, you know, of course, you know, you got caught. So, um, you know, we are, our, our immediate job is to, is to fire you. Mm. And they said, but, you know, we want you to go and think about this and, and come up with a plan of, of what you're going to do. And uh, we'll revisit this tomorrow. And if your plan meets the, uh, meets the agreed upon, whatever it was, <laughs> you know, and they really didn't give me a criteria. Um, otherwise, I probably would have checked the boxes off and, and done that. So I anyway, had to come up with a plan and present it to them. And then they would decide whether I would keep my job and move forward with that, or if I would uh, not be an employee there anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, let me hold this day because, okay. you know, you've got a multiple layers going on is what I'm mm-hmm. thinking. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm assuming, well, I know from reading your book, Kirsten, you didn't have a clue about this. No. And, and then Dave, you're, you're facing like you're about to lose your job and you got to mm-hmm. come up with a plan. Like, right. how did you even process this? What was the most dreaded thing that you had to face that was it, was it yeah. Kristen? Was it, was it the job? Like what was really going on with you in those moments? Yeah. I think both uh, the big question was how am I going to tell Kirsten what's going on? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as a provider for the family, I needed to, you know, take care of that. And yet at the same time, now I've jeopardized all of that, the security, Mm -hmm. everything that, that had gone into that. So it was, how do I tell Kirsten about this in a way that, that shows the fact that, that I'm very torn up about this. And I know that she is going to be, and then the second, the back of my mind was, you know, what am I going to do for a profession? 
Um, mm. And so that was, there was multiple things, but the drive home was, was pretty long. <laughs> mm. I can only imagine. I can <laughs> only imagine. So yeah, let's, so Kirsten, tell us, tell us your story or your side of what you experienced that day. Well, that was a fateful day for you. It was, <clears throat> it was a day that, you know, I didn't see coming um, at all. Um, and when, when he got home, I noticed he wasn't, wasn't himself, you know, normally he comes in and, and he's, you know, we, we're connected very well. And so he was really quiet. And, um, when he told me after dinner, um, my knees just buckled. Mm. I just, I mean, I just collapsed and I thought, what in the world? Who, mm. who is this man? Mm. And, you know, Judy, you can imagine, you know, I went through the whole spectrum of emotions mm. in a nanosecond. And what I ended up with was disbelief and anger. Mm. Um, and, you know, I believe that immediately I knew that I had no idea how to deal with this. I, I didn't know if I wanted to deal with it. Mm. And so I knew we needed help. And Absolutely. I was, I was so thankful that immediately a name popped into my mind and, uh, was a, a coworker of mine. Um, and she and her husband are both trained counselors. And I knew I could trust her with this story because the other part that, that hit me and I know it hit Dave was just this utter shame. You know, I, I felt immediately like I was a failure, um, that I was not enough, that all of the things that I had carried and hidden myself through the years mm. just came right to the forefront. See, mm. you, you don't matter. You're not enough. You, you can't please your husband. He's got to go look elsewhere. It, it, just everything was bombarding me. And I felt like my brain was in hyper warp speed. And that it was also as sluggish as, you know, ice moving down a river. I mean, it was just, it, it was that weird combo. Mm. Mm. Well, that truly is. So it, that's, that's trauma there emotional mm -hmm. trauma and, and like getting hit by a tornado or something. Mm -hmm. You've got this fear, this intense fear and helplessness and horror and your whole world is falling apart. What you thought was secure and, and just then this deep betrayal, like you're trying to process this. Yes. Uh, that's yeah. That's, that's what happens. I mean, mm -hmm. physiologically we feel this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We feel right. it. Don't we in every, we in every cell of our bodies. Yeah, it was, it was amazing to, as I looked back on it, to process not only the emotional, the mental, mm. uh, but the physical, you know, the, the physical response and, and how, you know, in, in a matter of, you know, a few sentences, I went from, you know, this, this secure, loving relationship to who is this man? Mm. Mm. Wow. So, so Dave. Were you even able, because you're going through your own trauma as well, like, were you even able to tune into what she, how she would respond? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, when she, when she said, you know, we need help, we need to call these folks. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, as a guy, it's like, okay, let's fix this. Let's, let's. <laughs> bang out the, the stuff we need to do and, and get it done and, you know, shoot it, bag it and go home kind of thing. Um, oh, you know what? That is so, so common for sure. Okay. Let me get my job back. Let's do the plan. Let's yeah, put everything in exactly. place. <laughs> let's get on with our lives here. 
it, it wasn't until, um, and, and this is fast forwarding just a mm-hmm. little bit, but it wasn't until I met with a counselor and his question to me was, what is it, what, or do you, what are you willing to pay? And I don't think that was what you willing to do. Yeah. What are you willing to do to heal your wife, to allow your wife to heal? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until that question that really it, it sunk into me that, you know, I had really hurt Kirsten to the mm-hmm. core. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times in the pornography with, with men, we're very com- compartmentalized, you know, we're saying, okay, this is just my thing. It doesn't have anything to do with my wife. And, you know, and, and we, we rationalize it that way. But when the reality is, is that um, we hurt our spouses tremendously mm-hmm. by, by what we've done. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and not only that, Dave, what I counsel with, with men and with couples in this area, they're not, they not, didn't just hurt their wives, but they, they betrayed the trust. Mm-hmm. They really hurt their right. own souls too. And right. I'm sure you've done your research and healing around how it affects your your brain, how it disconnects right. you from who you really are. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it really takes you out of your life, just as any mm-hmm. other addiction does. But right. there is a whole lot of shame around the pornography part of it. Yes. And, and there's, yeah. I mean, you, you all probably know this, but uh, yeah, it affects more than people just like getting fired from their jobs. I mean, uh, it can go to a point of, you know, molestation or mm-hmm. prostitution, mm-hmm. And, and it can go on this uh, very um, evil pathway. And, yeah. and people like it, it's, it is dangerous. People, it is dangerous. It's a very progressive it drug. Yes. It, it's mm-hmm. a very, yeah, it's very progressive. And <clears throat> where Dave was working at the time, two of our adult children were working there. Mm. And so if he had been immediately dismissed and escorted out of the building, they would have observed Mm. this. Mm. And, and my thought was, you know, in the, in those initial things is you got to tell the kids, because if you go in tomorrow and they escort you out, Mm -hmm. my kids, you know, mama bears coming up here. Yeah. My kids are not going to be shocked by this. They're going to have a heads up. So they're prepared emotionally to deal with what might happen and the questions that they might receive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, we immediately started to see the impact of this on our family, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and that honestly, that's what I wanted. I really wanted to go in that direction. When I was listening to one of your other interviews, my heart hurt really for both of you, because and, and if you read in the book further, um, uh, Kirsten, you, you had gone through some depression and some unfinished business also in your mm-hmm. childhood that you had no idea. And, and honestly, I think these, these two, um, I see you, Dave, it, it, even in your exposure as a little five-year-old, I mean, golly, mm-hmm. we, we know what it's like to have our little five-year-old little boys and right. oh my gosh, that there is, is the effects of child abuse mm-hmm. in our exactly. society. It's a systemic society problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were, your innocence was, was taken away mm-hmm. early. Right. And then uh, Kirsten, or Kirsten, I don't know if you want to talk about how your innocence was taken away at a very young age. And, and yeah. I, I actually do, I kind of want to frame a little bit of this too, sure. uh, for folks that are listening, because as we talk about some very deep things and unfinished business, uh, I kind of want to prepare um, listeners ahead of time that if you feel a gut punch in your stomach, 
you know, take some deep breaths. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but also would like for you to get some help too. So make mm-hmm. sure you've got, you know, some support. But um, so, so Kirsten, share with us part of your journey as you like the, the light is kind of like what happened with Dave. That was actually, in my opinion, a divine invitation, even mm-hmm. though it was traumatic, mm-hmm. but it brought to some surface, uh, to the surface, some other areas that really needed healing. Yeah. I, you know, it's really crazy, but I realized that, that, that divine intervention in exposing what Dave was dealing with was actually a divine intervention for me mm. because it was, it was my invitation to, to finally deal with what I had been hiding for many, many years, what I had suppressed. And that was as, as a, and I believe I was about nine years old when I've kind of gone back to the timeline, I, I was about nine years old and I was physically attacked, mm. um, and, uh, by somebody I knew and, mm. um, you know, and I've done some, some healing work on that specifically with a counselor and, um, another group, uh, where I went in and, and really had some prayer done with me and for me, uh, where I was able to, to bring this all out. And, and I had been suppressing that. Mm. And as a result of suppressing that there were behaviors, there were attitudes, um, in my life, there was, there was difficulty in our relationship because I hadn't processed through that. And not only what did that happen once it happened again, when I was in, in college mm. and, um, uh, you know, and, and while that time I actually did try to get some help, I still brushed it off. I still strong armed it. And, you know, interestingly enough, the first person I actually ever told about the first instance was Dave. Mm. And when I told him about it, I said, but it's okay. I'm fine. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would imagine like, because that, that's what happens if there's sexual violation through mm-hmm. pornography or uh, molestation, um, attacks, rape, anything like that. Uh, it, it gets absorbed, doesn't it? And even in it affects your developing brain, especially as like my heart just went out to you too, Kirsten, as a nine-year-old little girl, like you did not invite any of that. That was like, like you two were violated in my, so anyway, that's what really brought some tears to my eyes as I was sh- hearing your story. Yeah. Because really both of these incidences here in my opinion, they were a violation of your childhood mm-hmm. innocence. They right? were. Yeah, and, were. and yes. so how to grow and grow up, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we're supposed to do, right? Because if we go into our adult lives trying to do, you know, have an adult relationship, but we have all this unfinished business and we're still like, we, we still don't have that self-compassion and that healing, which is absolutely necessary to get beyond and have you know, connection in your, in your marriage. Yeah. You know, in, in the book, I relate that growing up is hard enough the first time, Mm. but when you have to do it, you have to do the emotional growth from, in my case, a nine-year-old from Dave's case, a Mm five-year-old, and you have to do that in a compressed amount of time. That is excruciating. It is so painful, you know, and yet it, it's also grace. Mm-hmm. Mm. because we look back, 
you know, Judy on, on the first 25 years of our marriage. And yes, this happened at 25 years of our That's marriage. That's what I really wanted to clarify too. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is not when y'all have been married for five years or no, so, no, no. Your kids are little, but you, you've had your whole, whole like, more than two decades of knowing each other and yeah. raising kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you, you know, as a mom and, and, you know, I was dealing with what I was dealing with and Dave and I were trying to figure this out and where are we going to survive? Was this marriage going to survive? Cause honestly, I was the one on the way out the door. Mm. Um, but you know, then I, then it was discovering that not only was I suicidally depressed, but I had probably been, I had probably raised my children as a, as a suicidally depressed mother. Oh, wow. And, and then that realization of going back to each one of my children and, and talking to them and, uh, and apologizing, I had this mm. intense need to say, would you please forgive me? Mm. And again, to receive the grace from our kids of, mm-hmm. you know, mom, we didn't know mm-hmm. that that's what was going on. You were present mm. with us and we felt like you loved us and it wasn't oh. that, but the freedom that we have today Mm-hmm. in our interactions with our kids and with our family, um, is so much, it, it, well, it's not even the same relationship as it wow. was the first 25 years, you mm-hmm. know, and the way that I process some of this and, and also some of your story, Kirsten and Dave was that the, you all, um, going through what you did as kids was likely passed down to you a generational system and and issues that haven't been dealt with and so I think it's so beautiful that you went to your grown children and given them permission you know given them permission to I mean being authentic and real with them my goodness what a gift you gave them because this undercurrent stuff that goes on people don't really realize and if and if you're raising little kids the more that you get your story and the more healing that you do in your own journey and your own healing, it makes a difference on your parenting for sure, because kids do sense it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I, I have questions. All right. Let me, let me kind of, I, I just want to encourage folks. Some people live this, live with these secrets and they take them to their grave and then they are passed down to the next generation. And then mm-hmm. there's all this shame where this come from. It must, you know, but it's not just you. It's like, it is a system of influence. So I think it's beautiful how you two are demonstrating how to change your family tree. Yeah. That was one of the things that, um, one of our, um, we worked with what was called a restoration team. Mm. And one of the, one of the things they encouraged us was to, to show our children what it means to fail, to fail big time, and then to come back, you know, that we, we had an opportunity because one of my, my big question was, you know, as the mom, I wanted to protect my kids from this ugliness that was happening within us. Mm -hmm. And we were really encouraged to be as transparent as we could be to ask, answer the questions that they had, um, and, and, and allow them into the healing process. And that was, that was amazingly um, encouraging, wow. uh, you know, to, to invite our children who are our youngest at the time was 18. Mm. So these were adult children. Wow. And, you know, so I want, I want your audience to understand we were, we were dealing with all adults at this point, but to invite them in and, and to let them share memories that they had 
um, maybe where we had caused some pain and it was because of what was unresolved in us. Mm-hmm. And then to, uh, to ask for forgiveness and to work through that with them. Mm. Um, and then let them see us work through it. And, you know, in, in the book, one of the, one of our sons, his big thing was mom, do you love my dad? Oh, and that was a tender moment. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He, um, I still tear up when, Mm. (laughs) when, um, I, when I relate that part of the story, because he completely broke Mm. when he said that, but it was such a pivotal question to me coming from my son and to say, you know, love is a, is a choice. It's an act of the will. It is not an emotion. And we have it so mixed up. And right now I'm choosing to stay with your dad. I'm choosing to believe we can come back from this. I don't know how, Mm. but I'm making that choice because honestly, at that point, I didn't like him. You know, I didn't, I didn't want didn't. to be with him, you, <laughs> you know, and, and I was still dealing and this was, you know, this was in the middle of me finally going to get this diagnosis of the suicidal depression. Wow. And, um, and so I was still in this complete denial mode of, you know, you haven't dealt with this stuff in your, your life yet either. Mm. And so to, to, to have that question and to be really put on the spot and, and realize that something is bigger here. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is so touching. I'm so touched by the courage and transparency we just heard with Kirsten and Dave. My biggest takeaway is there's a story that's bigger than our pain and what we're going through. If hearing this has touched a tender place in your heart, you're not alone. There's hope and you're worth it. Do get in touch by going to betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com. Next week, you'll hear part two of our Breaking Free from Secrecy and Shame series entitled Healing for Children and Faith Communities. Until then, feel free to share, subscribe, rate, and comment. See you next time for Better Relationships, Better Life.